guys, welcome to the Twiniversity Podcast, a show created exclusively for parents of twins. I'm your host, Natalie Diaz. I am a mom of twins. I am also the Twiniversity founder, and I am the best-selling author of the book, What to Do When You're Having Two. Our goal at Twiniversity is to make sure that you always feel connected, we laugh at the little things, and we really do get to teach you a few tricks along the way. And that is what we hope this podcast is about to do. So welcome to Twiniversity. I am super excited to tell you that today's podcast is sponsored by our friends over at Colgate. No, guys, not the toothpaste company, but Colgate Baby Mattresses, the mattress that I, Natalie Diaz, slept on myself as an infant. Did you know that three most important decisions that expecting parents will make on behalf of their babies are what they're going to eat, how they're going to be safe in the car, and where they're going to sleep? Why? Because a crib and a crib mattress is so much more than a place to sleep. It's actually a growth and development center. So Colgate Mattress is a third generation family owned and operated company of craftsmen that have been selling crib mattresses for over 60 years. 60 years, guys. They have always chosen to use non-toxic barrier fabrics instead of the harsh flame retardant chemicals to give parents a peace of mind. Their products not only meet, but truthfully exceed federal flammability standards. Each crib mattress is put through a stringent testing program, ensuring a safe night's sleep for both you and your baby. I am so excited to tell you that if you are looking for a crib mattress, a twin mattress, a diaper changing pad, you guys gotta get over to colgatekids.com. Good luck and sweet dreams. Well, hello and welcome back to our Twiniversity podcast. I am uh, Natalie Diaz. I don't know if you know that by now. I hope you should know my voice by now. And today I have uh, a newer voice, but a voice that I know for a long time and a very, very well-respected and admired voice in my universe. So today we are talking to Allison Jacobson of First Candle. And First Candle is a safety organization that helps teach people safe tips to help their children get to their first birthday. And it's absolutely extraordinary. If you are not familiar with them, just go to firstcandle.org and look them up. So today we are going to talk about not new safe sleep guidelines. And by the way, Allison and I were already talking a little bit, so I was cheating on you. But uh, then I was like, stop. We have to talk about this once I press record because I really need to know. In 2016, there was a whole new set of sleep guidelines that came out, and surprisingly, people are still not applying some of them in their own home. So we're like, Allison, we need you to do us a favor. Could you please come on the podcast and help us let the world know the do's and don'ts and the eh of sleep and safety, really safety in general. So without further ado, welcome, my friend. Hello, my darling. I love talking to you. Me too. Me too. And you, you... I always leave very inspired when we talk. And when I, whenever we finish a conversation, I say, how do I change things that I'm saying to make it be a possible better situation for our listeners, our readers, and, you know, anybody that might be in an audience where I'm speaking. So we were just saying that in 2016, there was new, right? Were they new? What was the deal? Like, why, like, what, what happened in 2016 that finally made some formality to this whole safety business. 
So, so let's back up a second. So First Candle is the nonprofit that addresses SIDS and accidental suffocation. And up until 2016, the, the guidelines really were focused on back to sleep mm -hmm. to reduce the risk of SIDS, which was fine. But then they realized there were more. Now, you know, I hear all the time people say, oh, doctors change their mind. Everything changes. What should we do? The reality is we get smarter. Right. Mm -hmm. So there was a time when we didn't know we needed to use car seats. Now we wouldn't dream of using a car without a car seat in it. And that's kind of the same for the safe sleep guidelines. So, mm -hmm. as I said before, it was back to sleep. Now in 2016, it's safe to sleep. And that means baby. Mm -hmm. And this is what we say at first candle room share, not bed share and keep it bare. And that means having the baby in the same room with you for the first year, but not the same bed and nothing in that crib. And that's where people get confused. When I say nothing, I also mean blankets. Mm -hmm. People say, oh my gosh, you can't have a blanket. No, you can't. Now, here's the other thing. 79% of the deaths that have occurred from SIDS and accidental suffocation mm -hmm. happened if the baby was in bed with mom or dad mm -hmm. or in their own safe sleep environment with something else in the crib. Okay. Now, I get a lot of pushback. People are saying it's better to co-sleep. It's better to bed share. Again, like I say, it's there are no baby safety standards for an adult bed. It's not just rolling over on your baby. Mm -hmm. It's pillow top mattresses. It's all of those things that could happen in a bed. So all I'm saying is put that baby right next to you. Yeah. Okay. They are the majority of the SIDS deaths now. While they're still labeled SIDS, there was some element of unsafe sleep to them. So now for the first time, we're not just talking about reducing the risk. We're talking about preventing mm -hmm. deaths from accidental suffocation. And that's important. Yeah. Now I have a question for you about that. Okay. So in my own little homework, I have, I clearly do a lot of research when it comes to co-bedding twins. So of course this is a big topic in our world and I do get very conflicting information. So I've actually personally... And like, this is like personal, like I want your personal opinion. Of course, I want your like your professional air quote stance, but just like friend to friend, I speak to a lot of investigators that have to do with infant fatalities. And so I always bring up this, you know, they, they have the same statistics that we do, right? So the 79%, it's so there. But when I speak to them, not that obviously, you know, we shouldn't pay attention to safe sleeping, but... They say that there's often a lot of fatalities that occur because of drug use and alcohol use. Do you know, like, like, is there any further study? Because, like, of course, there's different layers to each study. But are there further studies that are done that talk about, like, the average non-drug user, alcohol abuser, parent, and infant fatalities? So I don't know that for a fact, but I can tell you anecdotally, um, we have just in, I'd say the past five months mm -hmm. had over 10 deaths. There was one right up the street from you in Manhattan. There was one in Fairfield County where babies died mm -hmm. in bed and these were non-alcohol, non-drug related. Okay. It was simply someone, a mom was nursing and she yeah. fell asleep and the baby yeah. died. So, so look. 
There is, and, and the other thing that I think is important is when you are talking about drugs, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily illegal drugs. Of course. It can be NyQuil. It could be anything. Yeah. So, so that's something to be important too. But, you know, again, there, I don't know, and I, I'm curious to look that up, but I can tell you that there are a vast majority of parents on our bereavement support groups. And we have bereavement support groups on Facebook. Mm -hmm. We have a grief line of people who said, no one ever told me. And I think that's what we do at First Candle is try to get the information. And the way people are treated is terrible. So for example, this one couple we dealt with who lost their baby, the social worker came in and said, well, didn't you read the flyer you were given in the hospital? No, I didn't read the flyer. I was exhausted. I was, I, no, I didn't. So that's one of the things. Now, having said all this, the great common denominator for all of us is exhaustion, right? We are all exhausted. So I know, and this is where I think First Candle sets itself apart from other organizations. Mm-hmm. I am not going to blame and shame anybody. I know that no matter what I say, mm-hmm. there are going to be people that bring their baby to bed to sleep. If you're going to do it, do it as safe as possible. That means a firm mattress, no pillow top, nothing mm-hmm. on the bed. So you're going to have to do it as safe as possible. Yes. And I would rather have a conversation where somebody's going to say, look, I'm going to bed share and I'm going to say, okay, if you're yeah. going to do that, let's make it as safe as possible. Yeah. Well, just for the record, just so that we could be very clear and that our, our listeners are clear, I am actually adamantly against uh, your children in bed with you. So, and that's a personal and a professional standard. I just like to know that sometimes when people think like, oh, it is safe, you know, and they read a study like I read about, you know, drug use and alcohol. I always want people to know that while yes, that, that could be a potential reason why it happens. There are regular average people that really mean well and waited their whole lives to have kids and accidents happen. So since it is really just an accident, accidents can be preventable often. Exactly. You know, we can prevent a car accident, right? If somebody hits us at that stop sign, that's nothing that we could do to prevent. Okay. We can prevent or we can prevent the damage that it does to us by providing your car seat for your children. We can't prevent damage from the sun but we can help ourselves by wearing sunscreen. So we think about all the things that it may, you know, they're, they're bad things that happen, but they're preventable things that we could assist in helping them be preventable. So tell us now in the, the, the safe to sleep, which by the way, freaking genius, love it so much more than back to sleep. So safe to sleep, give us some of the things that we need to look for in our home to make sure that we are setting the stage for the most successful and safest sleep situation. That sounds like a tongue twister. No. So number one, as we're getting into the cooler months, you do not want to overheat your baby. So Mm -hmm. we think, oh, we want to bundle them up and we want to cuddle them. No, all you need is a swaddle or a wearable blanket. Okay. Mm -hmm. You don't want a blanket in there. You don't want sheepskin. You don't want anything. The baby is going to be warm enough. And this is important, no hats. So we see a lot of issues, especially with NICU babies who come out because they're wearing hats. Mm -hmm. You don't want anything over that baby's head. Number two, no fluffy bumpers, no Mm -hmm. fluffy bumpers, nothing. Get it all out. Now, here's the other thing. As you know, there was a big recall on the rock and play sleepers. Yes. All of those 
um, seated positional types of items are not for sleeping. So look, I know that when you've got a sleeping baby and they're in a car seat and you come in, you'd love to leave that baby sleeping in that car seat. No, you've got to get the baby out because positionally their head can come down mm -hmm. and that can cut off their airway. So flat and firm, flat and firm. There's nothing more than I can push than that right now. The other thing is they are saying, and uh, the researchers say, keep the baby in the same room with you for a year. Why is that? It's because once again, when we're looking at SIDS, they're falling into this deep sleep. You are actually regular, they're regulating their breathing when they hear you and you, there's a little bit more movement and motion. So that's really important. But also because when you are going to nurse and mm -hmm. you're exhausted, it's a heck of a lot easier to put that baby right next to you in the same room rather than walking down the hall to the nursery. Now, what if I'm not nursing and what if my bedroom cannot accommodate it? Like then here, you know so what we, you... we look at our kids, right? So with twins, we clearly need, you know, a substantial size vessel for these kids to be sleeping in. We can't just throw them into a Moses basket next to our bed. You need like to have a sleep safe sleep situation. So do I move myself into their room? Like, and now I want to be realistic. Okay. Cause we do, we both have to wear the hats of safety and then realistic. And how do we help people make the best decisions? So when it comes to our community, right, and remember that this is the majority of people that are listening have two or more, what do we do? You know, do we buy kind of a nursery center? Do we, like, how do we do this? Because sometimes people just live in, like, a trailer, Allison, and right. they, they can't do it. Exactly. So, you know what? Let's be real. If you are truly, and, and this is a little bit of a controversy, too, I'm not joking. If you don't have the room in your home, and there's a lot of people that don't, mm -hmm. I'm not kidding, a laundry basket is absolutely fine. That sounds horrible, but it is actually safe. If there is nothing in there, that is the safest place for your baby. Now, let's be realistic. If you've got twins and you do have the luxury of having another room, what you want to do is make sure that you don't fall asleep when you're feeding that baby mm -hmm. or nursing that baby. If you're sitting on the couch, if you are in a recliner, that's the danger. So we say, don't go to sleep without having a plan. Mm -hmm. That plan might be setting a timer. That plan might have your partner waking you up. Because in the middle of the night when you're exhausted, you're not going to use a plan. Yeah. Have it in place before you go to sleep. Now, we also know there's the pack and plays that have the split between them, where you can put your your twins in that as well. Mm -hmm. So there are those options. Um, a lot of people ask me about monitors and does that make sense? I will tell you, and we have on our board of directors, a director of neonatology. Unless you are sent home with a monitor, and I'm talking about an outlet or some wearable monitor, yeah. you do not need them. And it can be even worse. And I'll tell you why. Because if that monitor goes off mm -hmm. and you call your pediatrician, they are going to tell you, you must take that baby to the ER. There is more likelihood that that baby is going to catch something at the ER in terms mm -hmm. of a germ or something than anything else. So unless a doctor tells you you need a medical monitor, yes. don't do it. And if you do, they will give it to you. You don't have to exactly. buy one. My daughter was on an apnea monitor for seven months. Seven months. She would had leads the whole nine. I mean, it was just part of our reality. We couldn't, if we traveled, you had to take your monitor and your backpack and you, you just went. So they're not going to discharge you. I, I feel bad for parents because they see all the stuff that they're supplying. They're like, oh my goodness. And even like, 
you know, the, the little mats that go underneath the yeah. bed. I just, I don't know. I'm so conflicted because if it's going to cause somebody to have less anxiety, like I know, especially moms that are prone to anxiety, I, I'm like, you know, you got to weigh it out. But ultimately, really, the hospital's not going to discharge you if they're worried about something. And I guess one of the perks of having twins is that we are often under a bigger microscope after yes. delivery. Because potentially yes. there are so many more things that could happen to us that we really get. We don't just get the once over. We get the twice over, three times over because, hello, we are a multiple birth delivery. So I try to remind people you really you got to take that into consideration. I, I love a sleep plan, by the way. I, I think that's so freaking genius, Allison. I never really thought about it. We make a birth plan. Right. We make a plan for our mother-in-law when we, you know, leave the house for yeah. the day. But we a lot of people don't. I mean, we in Twiniversity, we talk about making a pain plan. Yeah. For after delivery. So I love I love don't fall asleep without having a plan. You know, you just brought up a real. And so, first of all, one of the things I love about you is you are like me where we talk about you don't need a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. So I, I love that about you. But you just brought up a very important point is grandma and plans for babysitters. Because mm -hmm. again, we have had cases where it's heartbreaking that there was a, a mom who left her baby for the first time to go out, you know, just to get her nails done, left her baby with her friend. Her friend thought she was doing the right thing, took a nap, laying down on the bed with the baby and the baby died. Mm. You must tell everybody that is coming into contact with your baby that it is not safe to have the baby sleeping on your chest, sleeping in bed with you. Everybody needs to know that. That is when there was a pediatrician. His baby died on his chest watching Monday Night Football. It can happen to anybody. So make sure. And grandmas are the worst, right? They know yeah. everything. You got to set it, set it down in stone. This is what I expect. And getting back to the recalls on the incline sleepers, mm -hmm. one in 10 daycares are still using them. They what did not that? get the message. They don't get the word. And I'm working specifically with the CPSC to find new ways to get information out to daycare providers and facilities. But make sure everybody talks to their daycare provider and mm -hmm. make sure they're not using incline sleepers. All right. Now, speaking of incline sleepers, that's like a big to do. And hopefully you guys got the word on that. Um, but let's talk about, I don't know what they're called. I think they're called loungers. Yes. Is what they're, they're called. Now yeah. I am adamantly against Dockatot and now oh my God. I'm watching copycat companies come uh -huh. out onto the market. And to me, when I see a Dockatot, while, you know, I know it's going to make the sweetest Instagram picture, but to me, I see a super ridiculous, unnecessary hazard. Correct. That infuriates me. Correct. And makes me rethink people's parenting choices. You know, so as, and I'm glad you put in quotations, as the CEO of First Candle, I'm very careful with what I say. However, you know me as me. And I lost a baby to SIDS. Mm -hmm. So that is why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I will get on a milk crate and yeah. scream at the top of my lungs. There is no reason for something like a docatot. We have a program at, say, at First Candle called the Safe Sleep 
guardian. And anybody can become a safe sleep guardian as long as they commit to only showing pictures of babies in safe sleep environments. And some, you know, a blogger said, oh, can I get the safe sleep guardian? No, because there were pictures on her Instagram post with Mm docatots. No, 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 no. You don't need it. It's not safe. Period. End of story. But like, I see other companies that are doing it. I know. And so then when you, we've worked with those other companies for years, and now I see that they're making a product like this, to be honest with you, when it comes time for like renegotiation, because we do have partners, I mean, I'm very full disclosure at Twiniversity, God bless our partners who pay our salaries and the, the hosting for this podcast. I mean, we have expenses. And so when I see that they're creating these products, and it, it actually... I know this sounds horrible. It makes me rethink that whole company's philosophy. Because I'm like, you know what? You thought that that was a good idea. What else do you think is a good idea that I don't know? Yeah. It's almost like when they make something like that, like how desperate are you for money that you're going to do that? And guys, I'm sorry. I don't mean to sound like a freaking revolutionary that like I'm going to start protesting in the streets. But very honestly, it's not necessary. And... You know what my grandmother always used to joke about, Allison? My grandmother would tell me all the time, your mother slept in a drawer. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then that she's like, why do you need all this? And you know what, Nanny? In heaven right now, too shay. Too freaking shay, Nanny. If Allison's telling us to sleep in a laundry basket, and I do want to put a little disclosure on that or disclaimer, it's the ones that are the open-sided ones, like the plastic ones. Please don't use like the pottery barn hamper with your baby's initials on the side. That's sweet, but that's not what she's talking about. So I just want to let you know that is what she's talking about. Well, and I have to tell you, I have companies, we feel the same way at First Canons. First of all, as a nonprofit, we don't endorse companies, we don't endorse products, but we will partner and take on sponsors. And by the way, we're always looking for donations, but we, we have the same standard. And, you know, I will give a shout out to, you know, some companies that we do work for who truly legitimately care. And, you know, that is Boppy, Regal Lager, Baby Magic Merlin, I mean, I love these people because they legitimately care and they will not put out a product if it is not safe. Yeah. Well, I still get nervous and I think that the parent has to be the one that's educated. And as much as you could rely on Allison and I, there's also something that has to go with telling you to trust your instincts. And if you feel that something's not right, odds are it's not. And so- Well, and here's- You're right, because the CP, no, it's okay. That is the problem with the CPSC. As probably you know, recalls don't happen overnight. Yeah. And it takes quite some time and unfortunately many deaths, as we saw, before a product's recalled. So if your gut's telling you it's not safe, go with your gut. You know what kills me is that, you remember we had that government shutdown? That was part of the, the that's, that's part of the division that is responsible for recalls. Yep. So when we had a government shutdown, we basically like companies were notifying them that, you know, we had, a you know, an accident with this and we had injuries with this. And the word wasn't getting out because nobody was in that office. For some reason, that blows my mind as that our government sees it as a non-essential, yeah. you know, um, division of our government. So yeah. that is why I say 
you number one need to register your products. Oh, yes. Every single freaking product. I don't care if you bought it. I don't care if your sister gave it to you. If you picked it up at a freaking tag sale, it does not matter. There is no law that says a product could only have one owner. There's literal, there's none. Right. You know, so you got to let that company know, hey, listen, this is what I bought. I got, you know, this mattress. I got this, you know, uh, pack and play. Whatever the heck that you get secondhand, you have to call that company. Yes, it is an extra step, but let that, let your sister do that or right. let your mother in law do that. Like you could assign that to people. People really do want to help you after babies are born. So give them a job, give them a task to do. But it is ultimately your responsibility to know the facts on any products that are in your home. So what Allison and I try to constantly do is instead of saying, now we have to backtrack, we say, here's how to set it up in the best way possible. So you already said no fluffy bumpers. You already said flat. What did you say? You said flat. Flat and firm. Flat and firm. That's what I want my belly to be. So I yeah, right. always Don't remember that. That's now how that's going to be my analogy in my brain is what my stomach looks like in my mind. That's that's what that is. So so what are some of the other things? So no fluffy bumpers, nothing in bed, flat and firm, baby in your room, ideally. Right. Have no a sleep overheating. plan. No overheating. Yep. Now let's talk about the no overheating. What is the temperature yes. that I'm looking for? And is it critical enough a factor that I should have? a thermostat in the baby's room or in my room no okay no i mean again like you and i are saying we're, we're talking a little bit of common sense here mm -hmm. so you know as we've said in the past it's really one layer more than you are wearing yes so if you've got you know like i said either a swaddle up or something like that, that's fine alone. If you're going to have a wearable blanket, maybe you just have like the little onesie underneath. That's mm -hmm. all you need. Yeah. Keeping in mind too, this also goes for when you're in the car. You don't want your baby for many reasons completely bundled up and keep in mind if they're in the car seat, you don't want to have them in this big fluffy coat mm -hmm. or jumpsuit because then the car seat belt is not going to fit properly. Yes. You want to be only get able to get one little pinky finger in between the car seat belt and that. And I want to go back for a second because as you said, every product needs to be registered. I know it's expensive, but never use a hand-me-down car seat. Correct. You do not know if it has been in an accident there are expiration dates mm -hmm. for car seats. Never, ever use it. And if you're getting rid of one, guys, snip the, the, the belts so it can't be used again. Yes. Truthfully, it's so funny. And, you know, I, I try to tell our parents that if you've ever had an old piece of styrofoam, like let's say you have like holiday ornaments and you bring them down and you have styrofoam that was, you know, 40 years old or something. Not saying that people are going to have 40-year-old car seats, but most of the car seats have some kind of styrofoam-like material and it really degrades. Like yeah. seriously degrades. And especially yep. if it's not in a temperature controlled environment. And where do people yep. leave their car seats that they're not using? In an attic, in a basement, in a garage. Exactly. They're not like, oh, let's keep these inside in an indoor closet and, you know, put it in this wonderful cover. Just, I, on, there's three things that I don't recommend that people buy used. And it's mattresses, it's cribs, and it's car seats. Exactly. Everything else I think is pretty fair game. I and, can completely agree. Obviously pacifiers. Can I throw that in there? I mean, I don't want yeah. to be like Captain yeah, Obvious. Gross. Yes, yeah. but I'm going to be Captain Obvious for a second because sometimes people do. 
But, yeah. you know, the problem with the pacifier is just like the styrofoam, it degrades. So whether it's silicone or latex or whatever it is, it does get worn down with a little baby exactly. is chewing on it. Okay. So give us some other, we were talking about temperature. One more layer than I need. Mm-hmm. I love this idea. Very easy to apply. Uh, I do yep. not need a thermometer in my nope. room. Nope. And is there, but is there like a literal temperature that is even best for us? No more than 70 degrees. Okay. That's the highest. That's cold. Now, but it's really not. It's really not. It, it is a fine temperature for a baby. I mean, can it go up to 72? Yeah. But you really, between 70 and 72 is the highest you want it. Okay. Here's the other thing to talk about. We know about, obviously, not smoking. We know yes. about secondhand smoke, yep. but there's thirdhand smoke. Yep. Preach it, girl. Tell them. Yep. So thirdhand smoke is... Anything that's left over in jackets, mm-hmm. in, in sofas, and anything like that. So if you are visiting grandma or grandpa's house and they smoke and the baby's there, you need to tell them to not only go outside to smoke, but when they come in, take off that jacket that mm-hmm. they were wearing. Make sure, because even the smoke, if you're in a daycare facility or a home daycare and somebody smokes in there, it is in the carpet, it is in the drapes, it is in the couch. Mm -hmm. That is third-hand smoke, and it does kill. Yeah, it's so interesting because that's – can I make it one step further? I wouldn't go to Grandma's house. I'm sorry. If Grandma and Grandpa are smokers or if your aunt's a smoker, I'm going to meet her at a restaurant. Yep, and And same thing with a car. Ugh. You don't realize it, and it's so funny because people, especially if you grew up with a smoker, yep. you don't realize it until you're away from the smoker enough to realize that that wasn't typical. Yep. You know, I don't want to say normal because we still have a lot of people that smoke, which, by the way, when literally on a pack of cigarettes it says this could kill you. Yeah, it exactly. Really, it makes, but then at the same time, I say addiction's a real thing, and mm-hmm. I feel bad for people, so I always try to be very empathetic and thoughtful. Right. When it comes to babies, especially my premature babies, when we, before we were discharged from the NICU, the nurses were like, I can't possibly express to you how important this was. And I was like, what are you talking about? You know, my mother-in-law smokes. And they said, I was like, she's not going to smoke in the house. And they said, not only should she not be smoking in the house, but when she comes into your house, you should actually give her her own change of clothes. Exactly. And I was like, what? I'm really going to do that? And let me tell you something else. And when we did that, you really thought that I would have punched her in the throat because she was like, oh, oh. and I said, you know what? Honestly, here's the deal. And going back to grandma's, I do love my mother-in-law. And by the way, she did quit smoking. So she's welcome. They can do it. But when it comes to grandmothers, they always think like, this is the way it was done. This is the way, you know, it's fine. Mm -hmm. You lived... Yeah, by the grace of God, if I really think about it. Well, and you know what? Here's the thing, Nat. I love when grandparents say that. The reality is they didn't have social media. They Mm -hmm. didn't know how many deaths there were. They didn't know. It it didn't come out. You're not reading the obituary from the Kansas City Star. Now we know better. Now, are you ready to get I'm going to say something that's going to be controversial, but it has to be said. Oh, I love it. Okay. Oh, I'm probably I'm probably 100% in agreement. Let's see. Oh, Go. I know you are. Vaccinate. Ah, yes. I'm sorry, moms. Yep. Even my daughter says like she was talking about anti-vax moms. There's a kid in um there's a kid in it's not, it was like in her art class 
And so, you know what the interesting part about that is now that this generation, right? So now our kids are being raised in kind of this anti-vax generation that Allison, my daughter, was like, Mom, I'm afraid to be near her because I don't want to give her something. Oh and I God. was like, geez, Anna. Yeah. I was yeah. like, you're okay. I said, her family made a decision. I'm sure that they're taking proper precautions to keep her immune system where it needs to be. It's not your responsibility. Like, just be friends with people. Don't right. not be friends with somebody right. because they are not vaccinated. But I love that this kid was, like, super, like, you got vaccinated. Like, she was, like, basically shaming the other people about getting vaccinated. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, so there's there's a myth out there, and I do say it's a myth that vaccinations cause SIDS. So let me debunk that right now. Go on. Okay, you will never find a doctor that says that. Second of all, the majority of the SIDS cases happen between two months and four months because that is a developmental time for the baby when there are still developmental things going on in yeah. the brain. That just coincidentally also happens to be the time they're getting their vaccinations. Yes. That is the only reason. Vaccinations don't cause SIDS. Vaccinations don't cause autism. And what will happen is our infant mortality rates will skyrocket if your children are not getting vaccinated. Period. End of story. Well, we could see it right here with this whole yeah. measles outbreak. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah. it, freaked, it freaked me out. And then yes. I think, now, I, can I tell you, I don't know if you know this, but do you know that I was planning on being an anti-vax mom? No. Oh, I was really? totally. Oh, 100%. So 100%, I already had a plan in place. I found a church that would be willing, if I tied it to the church, they'd be willing to write me a note that would exempt my children from getting vaccines for religious beliefs, and then I would be able to put them wow. in school. This is how yeah. serious it was. Wow. And then the babies are born, and I'm in the NICU. And the doctors are like, okay, what's our plan? There are some things that we have to do. And I love that they know that it is a parent's choice. So I was yeah. very thought I was very impressed that they said and I was like, listen, here's my plan. And so we they were apparently I don't remember what the timing was. And remember, we were in the NICU for a month. So we were we were there for a minute. And when we were there, I said, you know, we're not going to do this. We're not going to vaccinate. I don't know if it was part of like the, the you know, the paperwork that had to be given to the NICU. But one of the nurses were like, listen, Nat, I really want to have like a discussion with you. And it wasn't shaming me. Right. It wasn't anything but your babies are already going to be up against a lot of things in their life. And because of their prematurity. Now, remember, Allison, I had them at 34 weeks. They were not yeah. like super micro preemies. It was 34 weeks. And so what's funny is like the singleton universe would be like 34 weeks. And the twin yeah. worlds were like 34 weeks. Yeah, right, exactly. Like we're so excited. So since I had them at that time, the nurse is like, listen, you know, they're already predisposed to having, you know, respiratory issues, kidney issues. And she gave me a laundry list of all the things they had. And she's like, you know, friend to friend, I really just want you to think about it. And she's like, and I want to let you know that kids do get readmitted into the PICU, right? So when we go to the pediatric intensive care unit for things that are totally preventable and curable and just their parents thought they had a different idea. And she's like, if I didn't see it myself. She's like, I just don't want your family to go through that. Right. And I said, shoot them up. That's it. It was literally that moment. And I never really thought of the long-term repercussions. I was so in the moment of the yeah. panic of everything that was going to happen that yeah. I did. I just couldn't think about it. So I love that you are, you know, have an actual stance about it. 
and I'm not, this is not me trying to be on PC or Twin Diversity is on PC. No matter what you choose to do, I respect your wishes, but ultimately my job at Twin Diversity and this, and you don't have to follow me guys, like Allison too, me and Allison, our word is not law. We will help you perhaps make a decision that might be ultimately good, but we're just going to give you the information. But this is like, for me, it wasn't the right decision to not vaccinate. I was already panicky. And to be very honest with you, my kids are fairly ill. We get sick really easily. Their immune system, no matter how much friggin' zinc and vitamin C I give these kids, there's only so much that I could do. My daughter just had a kidney infection and was hospitalized. Oh, boy. And they're like, listen, you know, your, her kidneys didn't finish cooking. It's something that just kind of happens. And I'm like, what? Why didn't anybody tell me these things? But there are so many things in this world that your kids are going to be up against, even if it's something as easy as, like, the third-hand smoke. Just right. really, really think about it and go from there. And look up studies. Don't listen to what people tell you studies are. Go actually right. read the studies. Right. Right. Because, I mean, as you and I know, a statistic can be turned around any way you want to turn it around. Totally. Totally. And you could, anybody could read what they want to read. And this was another thing that I don't know if you know, but I just uh, took a week long class be to become a certified lactation counselor. I saw that, which I'm very excited about. That's awesome. So I was very fascinated and they give you a lot of evidence-based research. Now I am somebody just like with the AAP and sleep guidelines. I actually am never satisfied with you just telling me it's a study. I actually go and read the studies. And true, they put me to sleep. I got to be honest with you. But something that I found with this breastfeeding situation was that a lot of the studies that they were citing was the same freaking study. And so that is why I tell people, don't, don't listen to me. Don't listen to Allison. Don't listen to your mother-in-law. Don't listen to your best friend. Make your own informed decision and go exactly. do your own homework. So exactly. we, we have so much, this is so much information that we've given them and I want to sum it up and I want to make sure that we didn't miss anything. Okay. And so, and if I'm repeating myself, don't get mad at me because maybe somebody just zoned out, you know, because they were watching a television show and double screening or listening with their earbuds and they had, they couldn't figure out where their directions were. But to reiterate, no fluffy bumpers, nothing in the bed at all. Not even you flat and firm. Preferably baby in your room, have a sleep plan, not only for you, but for anybody that's coming into your house. First, second, third hand smoke plays a factor and consider your vaccinations and other medical support that's available to you before you rule something out. Nailed it, baby. Did I do good? You did so well. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm a good, I'm a good student, Allison. You've taught me well. Well, but. But you know what? I, I'm always so grateful for you because you just call it like it is and you get the word out to people. People love you. I don't know why. I say it all the time. My kids say they don't know why. We don't know why. But I, I have this weird, I don't know. I just have to do it. I didn't know so many things. And nobody, I, I like, I'm very type A. I like crap neatly packaged in a bow, tie it up, give it to me, and let me figure out what I want to do with that information. And I was infuriated that that didn't exist before Twin University. So that's it. I know. That's my, I'm on my soapbox. You stay on your soapbox. Our soapboxes play wonderfully together. And I we honestly, do. 
I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your day. I, j- I really do know what an insane life you have, but <laughs> I'm, I'm thankful that you continue to be as passionate about education and guidance and support as I am. And I love that First Candle has been since forever now, you know, an ally of Twiniversity. And I have the utmost respect for your organization, all that you do. And by the way, guys, you have to go check it out. It's firstcandle.org because you, they do things that you don't even know that they do. And this is where I turn the tables on our listeners. It is now your responsibility to either institute these philosophies into your house. Well, they're not philosophies, these rules into your house, but don't just make them a philosophy, make them a home rule, keep your home safe. I don't want anybody telling any horrific tales. And if you're like, I need more, I want to know more. And also, can I say, Allison, truthfully, sometimes when, when we have like serious talks, people are like, oh my gosh, you know, Nat's getting too serious. And who wants to talk about this? Yeah. Yeah. You know, nobody wants to talk about this. No. But I wish we didn't need to talk about this. Exactly. And I'm going to give one last plug because my battery's dying. Um, if you, uh, we would all love your help. $5. If people want to just go online, donate $5. That will allow me to send bereavement materials to a family who has lost a baby. And we lose 3,600 babies every year. We need to support them. We have bereavement lines, peer support. I could use your help getting this out. $5 donation today would go a long way. All right, Allison, I will match up to $500 in donations. You are awesome. Okay, so what you have to do is when you make your donation, could they write a note? Yes, they can. Okay, so you wrote from Twiniversity. Because I want you to make sure that Allison knows to get my money. Okay? Please so do. that's what we're going to do. I have never done a matching donation in my life. I don't even really know how to do it. And I think I can, right? I can do whatever I want. <laughs> you um, absolutely can. I'm and doing you know it. what? Is, yep. And if anybody has any questions, Allison, A L I S O N, at firstcandle.org. If you have a problem doing it, I will help you. Absolutely. I love it. So today so awesome. is today, as of today, it is, the, it's not going to be published for a while. But as of October 1st, after this gets published, if you make a donation to First Candle, Twiniversity will match it up to 500 because, guys, we're not really rich. I just want everybody to know that. So we'll do the best that we can. But I will match it. But I will You're only awesome. match it because I want you guys to be a part of this, too. It's got to be – it's got to go both ways. We always make our dono- donation when you have your phone-raising day. Yeah. But this is an yeah. independent – I want our readers, our listeners, our viewers to get involved, and this is the way you do it. So thank you, Allison. I love you. Go. Don't make your battery thank die. Thank you. If you need more information, <laughs> firstcandle.org, or you could email us at community at twiniversity.com. Thank you so much for listening, as always. And, guys, I wish you the best of luck, and please, please – Have a safe sleep. See you later, alligators.